See this? This is my boomstick. Damn it, Jim, what the hell's the matter with you? Well, baby, he's so horny. I'm funny how? Are you funny like I'm a clown? I amuse you? Don't, don't, don't! I make you laugh? I'm here to fucking amuse you? What do you oh, mean, no, fuck, funny no, how? How many fuckers? Let's just pray I yeah. have the energy to get myself this another beer. This town needs an enema. My mom always said life was like a box of chocolates. I still never know what you're going to get. You have failed me for the last time. Wrong, sir. Wrong. I was saying balloons. I got news for you, pal. You ain't leading but two things right now. Jack and shit. And Jack left town. Oh, my gosh. And, and we're, we're back. In the studio. Yeah. And it's taken us about an hour and 45 minutes to get to the point where we could say we're back. Yeah, and hopefully we sound a little better than we have been. Yes, because we have an Asian benefactor now. Yes, it was. It, we we received a gift pack in the mail. Right, and I, I don't know if it actually. Well, I'm sure it did come from Asia originally Probably. because everything comes from Asia now. Yeah, but the uh, the order came from Asia though. Yes, and uh, so we have a new soundboard. The authorization, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> came from there. The purchase order came from Asia. And uh, we have a new soundboard that has never had anything spilled on it, alcohol or otherwise. We have a direct direct digital connection to the computer now, which means that that annoying little sound you guys were sometimes hearing that we couldn't hear, the buzz, is gone. We discovered that when we were wearing our headphones, which we got so that we could get a better, truer sense of how we sound, we weren't hearing the buzz because we were getting a different audio feed than what was actually being recorded. Kind of a weird, complicated situation, but... Mal apparently got so tired of hearing our <laughs> sound like crap without Sorry, us knowing Mal. it. Sorry, that, uh, everyone. That not only did he get us this big fancy uh, soundboard that can, we can play with until our heart's content and drive all of you insane with, but uh, we also have these nice fancy microphones now. Ah. Yeah. And because we decided to put our old mic covers on them, they look like they have little afros. Mine's got a little black afro. It looks kind of like, uh, we'll call this one um, Samuel L. Jackson. This and is the Samuel L. Jackson mic. And, and actually, mine is what I would look like with an afro. <laughs> <laughs> Mine's the orange one. Yes. We'll call yours the ginger fro. There you go. There we go. Yeah. Ginfro. Ginfro. And oh. actually, this will be the mouth fro once it comes back, and mine will be like the Ronald McDonald fro. Yeah, you'll get the red one. Yeah. Who are you? I'm Promy. Who are you? I'm Man With No Name. Yeah. Or Banshee. Or Animal no. Lover. God damn it. <laughs> freaking It'll thing never on. die. It'll outlive us all. It'll yeah, be a legend. so. Wampa Dude will be walking around with a shirt that says it. Don't <laughs> worry. So anyway, so we've got new new mics too. Did you mention yeah, that new yeah, mics, new mics. And, and everything? So hopefully we, these, we sound better. We have these nifty little uh, elastic band uh, jiggly things, so that uh, hopefully when we decide to play with the mic stand like we are right now, and that's too bad you guys won't hear it so much. Yeah. So. And if we really wanted to, we can push several buttons on the uh, the soundboard, and make it sound like we're in a uh, concert hall and yeah, and or baseball stadium. But you don't need to hear. That. Sometime in the future, we may lie and say we're doing a remote show and just use that. Yeah. So if yeah. you listen to this show, you'll know the secret. Yeah. But it should sound a lot better. The only thing I think we could improve would be if we were to somehow find a way to hang these mics from the ceiling, these <laughs> new ones, which and you've been pushing now for four and a half years. And I do notice there's a hook right over where I would normally sit that's perfect for running that cable. You're right. Yeah. We, when we, Mal comes back, there may be a few more hooks. Yeah. yeah. We just need to do it. Exactly. I better, think he was better to, about it anyway. Better to do it and ask for forgiveness. Exactly. Than, it's easier. Yeah. 
Than to beg for permission. Exactly. Yes. So, what have we got? I know you've got a story. Oh, uh, yeah. Got um, last time on the show, which was two weeks ago, we talked about, or I talked about uh, going to New Orleans, and uh, now I can talk a little bit about Vegas, and actually about a trip back to New Orleans. That's You went back to New Orleans? Not yet, but I will be this year. Oh, cool. Yeah. That's a very, very small topic point, though. I've got a couple so. of trips coming up next year. Do you? Yes. Where to? Um, well, we're going up to New York, probably only for a day or two, because, quite frankly, we can't afford much more. Mm. But, with the passing of the law allowing gays to marry, we're going up for my my good friend David and yeah. his partner, Joey. They're getting married in March. Cool. So, we're going up there. They're, at first, they weren't... They weren't going to do anything, but the more they started looking into things and thinking about it, they said, yeah, you know what, why not? So they're getting married March 3rd, so we're going up for a couple of days. They're like, now that we don't have to live in shame, we'll make it official. Exactly. And then hopefully on or about um, August... No, that wasn't living in shame. That's living in sin when you're not married, right? Yes, sin. Yeah, Yeah, well, it depends. No, they weren't. They weren't shameful of it. Well, you know what I mean. Yes. It's one. Of, it's one. Of, it's sin, it's sin, sin, though, is what they sin. call it, right? Yes. yes. Yeah. Um, and then on or about August twenty-first, we're going to go up and do the same. So there may be a group trip. Well, no, no. I mean, there's no need for that. Well. Okay. Here, here's the deal. My partner John and I, we've been together thirteen years now. Mm-hmm. Next year will be fourteen years. Our anniversary of our first date is August 21st, and so what we're thinking of doing, I mean, it's very, you know, just in the thought stages right now, but we're mm. tri- going to try and go up for for our anniversary so that the date still continues to mean anniversary, right. and um, we'll just get married in the city hall of the town I grew up in. That's cool. And... It's it's not going to be a big thing because it it doesn't even count down here in Florida. It it's meaningless down here. But for us, more than anything, our families, as much as they accept that we're together and all that, none none of them have ever asked how did we meet, when's your anniversary, how long. None of them could answer how long we're together. None of that. Hmm. So I know we have the explicit tag. So I'm fucking tired of it. So there will I be a firm a date. date. There will be a yeah. You know, that's that makes perfect sense. Yeah. So I mean, it's not going to be. There's no reception. There's no nothing. And what we're going to do, th- again, still in the thinking stages, but I like this idea. We're just going to send out announcements, basically saying, you know, we've been together this long, and now that now that New York, uh, my home state of New York has allowed it. We went up and we got married. We know we know that you wish you could have been there, but we like the, actually this was Joey again, David, my okay. friend up there, his mm-hmm. partner Joey. Um he, this was his idea. He said, "So what you do is you take a picture on top of the Empire State Building and you <laughs> send it out along with a, an announcement that says, "We know you would have been there, but we know you couldn't." So you know, we want we we felt your love when we were there, and and then like in small print, so send a gift. 
<laughs> That's good. Yeah. So that is the plan right That's now. That's cool. Yep. Happy about it. Yeah. That sounds good. And as a matter of fact, Sally the beer wench. See, I because this is really more of a thought than a flat-out plan, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, if it, if it was a, uh, uh, well, a, for lack of a better term, if it were a straight couple, mm-hmm. the woman would want her wedding. Mm-hmm. I mean, no offense, ladies, but, you know. Hey, they don't call it Groomzilla. <laughs> Good point. But, you know, it, it's a big, it's a big deal. Yeah. It's planned out year, two years in advance, you make reservations, you blah, 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 all that stuff. Well, because this is really more for us, that's kind of why it's like I've mentioned it to some people, maybe not to others. So, you know, if if I've told you, cool. If I haven't, don't be offended. It's not like well, I'm holding you just back. Did. I did. But I mean, like, even yeah. you. Because last week, when we were going for our, our frozen yogurt after the show, mm. I mentioned it to Sally the Beer Wench, and she was like, What? Oh, my God! And she was, like, all excited. She said, I'll make the announcements. <laughs> okay. And then we mentioned it to our friends next door. Mm-hmm. And, and he was, oh, my God! He was, he was like, all excited for us. He did, looks like he did a little dance there. For yeah, me. You what I'm doing. Yeah. And, no, he was all excited. I'm like, I'm sorry. I thought I told you this already. Huh. So, you know, it's just, it's more for us than anyone else. As it should so, be. As yeah. it, as it, that's as what it, it is anyway. For, as it should be for everyone. Exactly. I mean, that's... Exactly, and and the other thing, you know, I, I've said it's it's for us, and it, since it doesn't count down here, since it doesn't matter, it's really symbolic. But as many people have pointed out, that's what any wedding is. Yeah, symbolic. Yeah, good point. So, and the thing is, is that if you go up there and get that done now, and then in five or ten years it becomes legal here, then that means I assume that means the state of Florida would recognize that. I would, would begin to recognize so. the marriage that you already had, which would be. I would well, hope so. Hopefully. But um, we're not counting on five years down here. I mean, Arkansas would probably have it before Florida. <laughs> <Good> <laughs> so, who knows? It doesn't It doesn't matter. Yeah. You know, we know, so that's the main thing. It would still be nice, though. I mean, yep. at least to have laws on your side. It would. You know what? The main thing... But I think you can kind of do that now. You'd empower attorney and other things. I mean, it's just... Exactly. You just have to go through a lawyer to actually set it all up. Exactly. And that's that's kind of where I was a while ago, where it was like, well, what's the point? It's not like... I mean, if a straight couple gets married, immediately the wife becomes... Unless I'm wrong here, but... If something were to happen to the husband, the wife is the one who makes the decision, pull the plug or not. I believe you know, so. All that stuff. All the stuff that comes with a marriage. The only other thing I think would be Social Security, though. That's where you get screwed. Who? Us, you mean? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. like, as, a, like as a spouse, one of you can't get Well, I remember when the, that, one. The, um, the lesbian cop down here in Florida was shot. Mm-hmm. And... The the her partner of many years. Mm-hmm. It was like it became a big deal whether she could she would get the the pension, mm-hmm. you know, and stuff like that. Whereas if it were a straight couple, there would be no question. Right, it would just you happen. Know, it would just happen. That's all I want. Yeah, you know, I want if he's in a car accident or something, I don't want to have to pretend to be his brother. Right. In order to go in and see him. 
Right. Or I don't want his parents to have to come down here to make a decision that I would have no say in. Right. Not that I want to make that decision, but... But at the same time, yeah. And yes, we can do all that ourselves, but we'd have to pay a lawyer. Yeah. To say, he's he's my Power think, health proxy, I think they call yeah, it. Yeah, I think so. Like the living will and all that stuff. But anyway, that's that's really... I don't know, that's it. That's the story. So, hopefully next year all will go well, and that's the plan. By this time, you'll John will have made a honest man of you. That's right. <laughs> How about you? Tell us about tell us a little of Vegas. Vegas sorry. This is going to be a short show. Yeah, this is going to be a short show because we spent a long time tonight getting everything set up. We want to go ahead and make sure we have certain listeners' blessings with the way we sound before we commit to doing a whole bunch more. Yeah, so that includes you, Mal. Mal and, and Harmony. And Dan. And, and Wampa Dan. Dude. And, yeah, there's you know. several that, that let us know when, when the audio is bad. So yeah. please do. So, yeah. And hopefully Preferably you'll be, in person since we never check the website. Yeah, and hopefully this time you'll be telling us how good it sounded. We, yeah, we that'd be hope. nice. We can pray. Uh, but yeah, so uh, I made Vegas. my annual pilgrimage to Vegas. Cool. Um, yes. Uh, this time Mimi Bun went with me, and um, we went to the Widget World or Photoshop World, I guess I can call yeah, it. Yeah, Photoshop World. Widget World is something else. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> Widget University. Widget yeah. World is, yeah, that store that's open 24 hours. Anyway. Uh, so yeah, we went out, we went a little early. This was a long trip. We left on a Saturday and we came back on a Saturday. A week, nice. Yeah. Just, well, like a week and a day, actually, total. We were there eight days total. Oh. I've, I've gone there for a week, a week at a time, twice. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was just slightly too long. Yeah. Like five days to me is fantastic because you get to see everything. What was it, was it? That way with you too, yeah. You're yeah. shaking your head. Yeah, uh, realistically, if not for Photoshop World, three four days probably would have been good for that trip, just because you know. Yeah. Because um, we made the classic mistake a person who's never been as makes when they go out there, which is we're gonna do it. We're gonna see and do everything we can. <laughs> and, the, and in the first couple of days, uh, Mimi Bun did so. We did so much walking, and it was. Oh, r- wow. I mean, I was prepared for it. I'm used to that going out there and just like burning myself out and then spending the next week at work recovering. Ugh. But uh but it was a lot for her and she's, you know, shorter than me too, which counts for steps. Well, I you know what? My parents for years have said that they'd love to go see it and I I flat out told them, "Don't go." I said, "It's all walking." Yeah. And it's a lot of walking. And they're yeah. they're older and especially my mother, she can't walk far. So, no, don't go. <laughs> Because it's, yeah, there's a lot. And it was funny because when the first night we were, the first day we were there, they slipped an M-Life, uh, you know, when you stay at any of the MGM Mirage resorts, they have, like, their own magazines and stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah. They slipped a new uh, copy of the M-Life magazine, which is, like, a weekly periodical. It's basically, like, a Vegas magazine, but it's... What to do and stuff. Yeah, which, with obvious preferential treatment towards the stuff at their resorts. Well, yeah. One of the things that's different now is is that when I, every time I've gone out there before, all of the hotels that are owned by MGM Mirage... And just to give you listeners who've never been an idea, there's a lot of hotels in Vegas, but there's a a concentration of these mega resorts that are on what we call the Las Vegas Strip. Ironically, that's not actually in the city of Las Vegas, though. It's in an unincorporated area. The Strip? Yeah. The area from the airport basically down to the end of the Strip is not technically in the city limits of Las Vegas. But they don't have their own postal code, their own postal name for that area, so it gets called Las Vegas and Postage. And... 
It's actually it's actually called Paradise something Paradise, but it's like the county. Really? Yeah. So technically, you're not in the city of Las Vegas. And the funny thing is, is when you come in from that direction, you actually see the Welcome to Fabulous Las Vegas sign yeah. out before Mandalay Bay, which is past the airport. Right. Technically, you're not in city limits. It's it's when you get to that downtown area that you're actually in the edge of the city. The old Vegas? You yeah. Mean? Oh, I'll be darned. It's actually, it's a little before that, but it's around in there. You you pass, like, a, the, the courthouse and... Huh. That's, that's like right on the edge of town, which well, actually kind of makes sense because that explains why everything on the strip kind of grew out. You know, like why old Vegas started where it was. Right. The airport was out away from the city, which makes sense. Yeah. And then the strip grew to where the transportation, where traveling into the city came from. You right. Know, it grew well, in the area that wasn't already built Been up. Been there five times and never knew that. Neither did I until, well, actually until we got How'd back. You find that out? I was looking at something online, and I, I don't remember what I was looking up. I think it was looking up information about, um, like, the Vegas sign, which I'll tell you guys about why when we get, when I get a little further into my story about being out there. But And something came up about how, ironically, the sign, the, the, the famous, world-famous Welcome to Fabulous Las Vegas sign is not technically in Las Vegas. That's interesting. But uh, another interesting thing, now they have a parking lot in front of the sign. Like, you may remember when you passed the sign before, it was just like a little strip of grass, and there yeah. were all these people, like, parked on the side of the road running right, right. in the middle. Now they actually have a parking lot, like, 50 so feet you in front of that. So picture. you can pull over and stop Smart. and go stand there and take your picture yeah, Smart. without finally getting hit by traffic. But, uh, oh, let's see, where was I? Oh, so the whole thing with the MGM Mirage thing is, is there's two big companies that own almost all of the hotels on the Strip, which is MGM Mirage and Harrah's. Okay. And MGM owns uh, Mandalay Bay, Luxor, um, Excalibur, New York, New York, MGM Grand. A lot. Um, yeah, a lot. Treasure, I could, Island. Treasure, Treasure Island. They used to own Mirage. I think they actually sold... The, or no, uh, Mirage. I think they sold the Treasure Island because the Players Club thing changed. Oh. It's not... It's it's on its own club thing now, so I think they may have divested that one. But um, there's a bunch. I can't even name them all off the top of my head. And Harris owns, like, Harris, Paris, um, whatever. And City Center is under MGM. I mean, it, it's it's a lot going on there. But it used to be when you went out there that the hotels really only promoted themselves. And I always thought that was, like, strange. If you went to MGM, they never talked about, like, oh, at Bellagio or, or their or other places. Yeah, yeah. They, they they always acted like they were their own resort. And when you did, when you sign up for the players clubs and stuff, depending on the resort you did it in, you get different material, you get different advertisements by email and stuff, but they were always, like, resort-specific. They hmm. never co-mingled anything. Right. And apparently, that's they all changed you now. Know. Well, I don't know that they really cared about that. I have a feeling it probably had to do with the business structure. Like, each hotel was kind of handled like they were competing with the rest of the strip. Like, gotcha. they weren't, even though they were all owned by the same company, I have a feeling that they were all being managed as individual properties, you know, and not really being seen as right. uh, a package there. But now you go out there, and it's, it's so confusing because you sit in front of one hotel, and they've got the big Jumbotron screen, and they're advertising, like, there's like, oh, there's Ka, there's Humanity, oh. there's the Comedy Hour, there's there's Carrot Top. And it lo- at first, when you're looking at it, it looks like they've just moved all this stuff into one hotel. <laughs> I was sitting in front of Harris and watching their sign, and they're advertising all these comedy shows, and then Penn and Teller. I'm like, what? Penn and Teller's not at the Rio anymore? And then it comes up, like, you know, at Harris, various Harris properties, whatever. And I realized that I'm like, oh, that's actually smart, you know, that they're taking Makes advantage sense. of that now. But it was just really, really bizarre. Um, like, when I got my little book of coupons and special deals or whatever, it was, like, for my hotel and the three around, right immediately around mine. Right. Now, they, it wasn't just, like, 
this is only good at our hotel. It's like, use this one here, use this one there. They're actually promoting inner well, travel within their own properties. Yeah, and it does make sense, but it just always seemed weird that they hadn't. It, yeah, when, I really, when I first went out there realizing that they owned everything, I didn't understand why. But, but uh, so that was kind of neat. But um, one thing we did that was cool this time, and uh, I'd always... Being you and Mimi Bun. Ah, uh, yes. Who was kind of nervous about going. Yeah, she was very nervous, and, and we were both delightfully surprised with her opinion she, of the whole she place. She said she loved it. The only thing she didn't like... Okay, I'm going to segue for a minute here. We went at a very expensive, very busy time, which was Labor Day? Is it mm. Memorial Day? I always get those two dates. Labor Day. <laughs> Labor Day weekend. Yeah. We actually went up on the Saturday of Labor Day weekend. Right. And being down on the strip on that like that Saturday night uh-huh. felt like being at Mardi Gras. <laughs> oh, I, mean, I can imagine. Like you're passing the Mandalay Bay, and out there on the strip, somebody people have left like beer bottles on top of the sign for their hotel. <laughs> I, I mean, it was like... And I, she was just, like, ready to pull her hair out, and I was just flabbergasted because I'm like, I have never seen it look this trashy on this. I mean, like, I'm like, they don't, they... I, she I'm, thought you were lying. Yeah, kind of. I'm like, I have never seen it this bad. And I'm going, it's got to be because of the holiday weekend. And it was, because actually, even as late, as as early as Monday night, you know, it was completely different. And the following weekend was nothing like that. So my guess was is just it was the volume of people. There was no way they could keep it clean right that quickly. But uh, we rented a car for the first couple of days because, of course, during the Photoshop world, there's no point since we're just spending most of our time there. But um, we went out to Hoover Dam and cool. uh, lost my iPhone out there. Ugh. Lost slash stole because there are plenty of places to turn it in, and the person who picked it up. Uh, let this be a lesson. If you like to uh, check your email or voicemail or... Play Angry Birds while you're taking care of business. Always make sure you put the phone back in your pocket, not on the toilet roll thing. God. Because uh, I've actually almost done that a few times, but out there at work. Yeah? Yeah. But uh, the particular reason that I was doing it this time out there was because when we went out there, I was having... There were there was a lot of places where, where coverage is spotty. When you're in a... Like a giant, you know, 30-story 30, 30 hotel, and then you're down in the bed, bed, bottom of it and the center of it, your signal sometimes kind of sucks. Like, voice has a tendency to work, but data can be iffy. Right. When we were heading out to Hoover Dam, data was very, very iffy. Actually, voice, signal in general is iffy because we're going through canyons to get right, there. Right, right. Uh, actually, I actually saw uh, wild mountain goats this trip. Did you really? Yeah. I got Mimi, Mimi Von snapped a picture of it. We have it somewhere. Some wow. Some of our things. But we actually saw, <laughs> we saw the sign. We, we saw them, and then we saw the crossing sign from later on. But, um. But, uh, yeah, I lost it, and I thought I'd left it in the car, and I remembered where it was, so I went running, but racing back to go to try to find it, and it wasn't there, and I and checked with Lost and Found, and they're like, well, actually, surprisingly, most stuff does get turned in, so they took down my, they took down her number to call us when right. the phone was found, and we tried using the Find My iPhone thing, uh-huh. data wasn't working, so we weren't able to connect to it, she tried sending text messages to it, nothing, so on the way back... So, yeah, we saw Hoover Dam. We went down. We took the Dam Dam tour. Uh, I love that thing. cool. Yeah. It's so cool. We took pictures galore. Uh, I went the first time I went out, like, in 2005, 2005 or 2006. But this is my first time back, and, you know, it was it was really cool. Uh, but on the trip back, we called uh, AT&T, and they have an automated system when your phone is lost or stolen. Yeah. And the funny thing is is that when you go to report it, it just comes. It just says, click this to report your phone lost or stolen. You press the button and it says, your phone has now been deactivated. And that's the end of the, end oh. of the story. 
And the problem with that is, is that the whole, the whole idea behind like the find my iPhone thing is that you can lock your phone remotely, you can turn it, you can wipe it remotely. Right. And you can also see exactly where it is. But if AT&T cuts off the data service, <laughs> then it's done. <laughs> Which I can understand if you had a standard, you know, $50, $50 with service plan non-smartphone, but it seemed weird that they just, that was their solution. Yeah. So you had to call back immediately and get them to turn it back on. And I tracked it. Somebody took it to New Mexico. We were at Hoover Dam. It was a holiday weekend. You know, people were from all over the area were going. So, and I actually posted on Facebook a picture of the house that they took it back to. <laughs> um, tried to send a couple of imposing text messages like, I see you have a pool. Why did you need to steal my phone? Nice. And stuff. Uh, the phone disappeared. I guess they're not able to wipe it. Well, I was able to lock it. And um, the way the the way the locking on the iPhone works, if you type it in, you, if you type in a code and you get it wrong once, it, try again. Type it in twice, get it wrong, try again. Type it in the third time and get it wrong, you have to wait 15 minutes. Okay. You type it in wrong the fourth time, you have to wait a half hour. Okay. You type it, it and it progressively turns into like a multi multi hour process, which means that somebody can't just sit there and go da 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 da, not right. it, da 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 da, not it. Um, I was able to lock it and. Which did what? Basically prevents them from doing anything on the phone. Like, when they left the dam, they right. had a working iPhone. All of my apps were available. All of my data was available. Right. They could make calls. They could do anything with the phone just like I could. Right. Once it's locked, they get a lock screen that requires them to log in to do anything on the phone. If they turn off the phone and turn it back on, they get a lock. It, it basically makes the phone useless unless you know the code. Gotcha. So, uh, did that and um, for a couple days... And tried looking, locating the phone again. I saw that it went as far as uh, a Best Buy parking lot. Jeez. And my guess at that point is is that they were probably trying to see about getting it wiped and, like, reactivated for them. Right. So at that point, I'm like, I, I looked up some stuff online about people, you know, like, how this works. Do people ever get their phones back? Uh-huh. And the success rate, I was never able to actually find a case where somebody had reported it that way, had been able to tell the police where it was and get it. Because the problem is is that the... The GPS signal's not 100% accurate, which means that there's, like, a couple... Like, when you get to a neighborhood, it could be in, like, one of three or four houses. Right. The police can go out if they're motivated to do so and interview people, but if somebody says they don't have it or they weren't wherever you lost it, it's not like they're going to get a warrant to search their home to find it. Gotcha. So all that really does is motivate the person to kill the phone. Right. Uh, so uh, basically at that point... In, Everyone on everyone on Facebook is like, oh, you should get the police. And it's like, yeah. well, first of all, I'm not in Arizona. Or, I mean, I'm not in New Mexico. <laughs> I don't live in New Mexico. So if I call the local police, there's going to be very little motivation on their part to actually really do anything. Yeah. And even if they do, I don't, I can't go fill out paperwork or anything because I'm in Vegas and I don't have a car now. True. So uh, I just sent the signal to remote wipe, which means that if it ever came on and ever connected either through a Wi-Fi or through a cell tower, it would kill it. Never did, which means that they either wiped it or they dunked it. Gotcha. They took it to that parking lot and left it there. So, oh, that sucks. But uh, one thing I did get to do, though, that I was really excited about, um, they have a thing out there called the Neon Boneyard. And it's been... and it's, I've seen it on TV. It's been there since 96, and basically the story behind it is, is that uh, the way it used to work, all the signs in Vegas that you see are not actually owned by the hotels. All those neon signs, they're actually owned by the company that makes them, and I can't remember the name of really? it right off the top of my head. But yeah, the hotels leased the signs. In the past or now? Apparently still. Oh. I don't know about the jumbotrons, but the actual sign signs, like yeah. the, the waving cowboy and the... Right, right, right. Those are leased to the hotels. They don't actually buy, purchase them. And at first you think, well, that's kind of screwy. But it makes sense because... <laughs> 
those signs require servicing. They, the neon has to be refilled. The lights have to be, you know, swapped. Changed. The bulbs yeah. have to be swapped out. They have to be repainted. So what the leasing program, basically the company that builds them, maintains them. It's because that's part of the lease. And then right. when they need a new sign, the company swaps it out and they sign a new leasing contract. And huh. so it's basically like a full maintenance thing. But the way it used to work, the way it would normally work, though, the way it worked all along was, is that when the when they when it came time to replace the sign, they they would take that the old one back and strip it and use all the parts. You know, anything that was workable would go in. The other stuff would be made into scrap. You know, so part of one sign might appear on a new sign. Right. They were recycling them basically, but at some point they fell behind. Though they were getting more back than they were starting to use. Neon was started kind of going a little bit out of favor and. and lieu of other ways of signing, like the flashiness of it became less popular. Right. And you see that a lot. When you go to the big hotels now, most of them don't have, like, the entire side of a building lit up. Yeah. They still do a lot on the strip on Fremont Street, be- I mean, on Fremont Street, because they're kind of trying to promote that, like, that the look. old look. Yeah. But even there, because of the, um, because of the Viva Vision screen and stuff, they don't have as much, because they don't have the, the headroom. Some of... Some of these signs were, like, 30 stories tall, right. like, up the front of the buildings, uh, where you had a letter that was, like, two and a half stories tall, just one letter. So uh, what was happening is, is they were starting to get a backlog of them. They were starting to back up, and then they just began throwing them out. Uh-huh. Like, we, you know, they were getting too much of it. So the Neon Museum was founded in 96 as a nonprofit organization to preserve this history. And this place basically just donated everything that they had in inventory at that point still. And some of this stuff went back to the 1950s in terms wow. of, you know, signs that signs that they'd had since the 1950s sitting around. And basically their uh, mandate, what they try to do is basically to develop, to get funds to restore these signs and kind of put them in sp- specific spots uh-huh. so that you can go see them. Um, most of the signs that they've restored have not been that big because it's a very it expensive a process. And I didn't know this, but there's only, like, five people they have on full-time staff. Everyone else involved with it is volunteers. But, like, a small sign can cost them $100,000 to renovate because that includes, um, you know, transportation. The signs are all renovated out in California. Oh. So they have to ship them out there. They have to be handled in a very specific manner because these signs were all painted with lead paints, and they all have mercury and hazardous gases and stuff wow. on them, so they has to be they have to be like stripped completely. A lot of work goes into it and then transported back and then installed. So a lot of money. But so they haven't so they got a lot there that aren't up yet. And that's where the boneyard comes in. It's basically this giant place, big lot essentially. Ah, that's sitting <coughs> there waiting. Yeah. It has them all waiting. Gotcha. And uh, one of the things that they do to raise funds is they do tours of it. And mm-hmm. it's not like a you just show up and say, Here I want to buy a ticket you actually have to book this online, like, in advance. Oh. Because uh, when you show up, it's like a gate. <laughs> There's somebody there with a cooler pool of water asking you to sign a form for, you know, if you get killed in here. <coughs> and also that no video and any photography you take is purely for personal use. You can't put them on a professional blog. You can't use them for a portfolio. They're very, very strict on this, which seemed weird, but now that I go there and see the fact that they're, like, like anything they can get for money, they're they are a very shoestring gotcha. organization. It makes sense. That's the only profit avenue they have. They do do commercial shoots, and even and those are like three hundred dollars an hour or something, which isn't actually that bad for commercial stuff. But that's like their primary revenue source. They don't get that many private donors. But you go around and 
they take you on a tour and they'll talk about they talk a lot about the history of Vegas as they're going through and they talk about certain signs like there was uh, the Moulin Rouge which was a uh, the first inter- I think that was I think it was the Moulin Rouge was the first integrated hotel and casino in Vegas wow. and they talked we're talking about how like when Sammy Davis Jr. would perform he couldn't stay in the hotel he was performing in he had to leave wow. because of segregation laws or segregation not laws but the way well, that yeah. the hotels he wasn't welcome in the hotel and that this hotel opened and it became a very popular place because when somebody like him or other black performers that would that would headline at these uh, hotels, when they leave, that would be the hotel they went to because that was the only nice hotel in Vegas that would allow them. Uh-huh. So it became very popular, and they were talking. It was only open for like six or eight months because mysteriously it got shut down. Jeez. Um, and uh, mysteriously after that, there was a fire and the building burned down. Of course. Yeah. So there's a lot of stuff about the history and like the kind of the weird things like this hotel was built and never opened again because of who was involved in the construction of it or who was involved in the management of it. <laughs> it never actually made, you know, there were a few of them like that where it was just kind of, hmm. But uh, they had like five different signs for the Golden Nugget over the years, like how it had changed from like kind of plainish to when Neon came into bit real, real big fashion and it was really fancy down to kind of plainish again. And then, right. then they're like, and if you see what it is today... There is still neon on it, but it's not as as showy as it was. Um, but it really, really cool thing, and it's something I would definitely recommend for anybody that wants to go out there and is looking for something a little different. Um, you have to go online. At the, I think it's the neonmuseum.org. If you if you go on and do a Google search for either Neon Boneyard or the Neon Museum, they're the first hit that comes up. Right. They're working on putting a visitor center in, and the reason one of the reasons I've never been able to go is because a I either try to book it too late. Mm-hmm. Because um, you have to book a two weeks to a month in advance. Because wow. th- we were in a full group. They were they were, they do they do two groups. And when you show up out there, there's no bathrooms, there's no facilities. Once you get there, so they only do them in the morning. It's like from ten to eleven. Because oh, okay. you're like in the desert. It was like 112 degrees. Ooh. Well, I know that's I'm exaggerating. It was like 108 degrees. How many? I think I want to say about 14 of us. Oh, 15 okay. of us. So not horrible. No, but they can't do it all day because there's no place to go to get out of the heat. Gotcha. There's no bathrooms, there's nothing. So it's like they do a one-hour tour once a day, and actually in our case they did two. They had one, They started one about five minutes after us, so we were pretty much all done at about the same time. But, uh, but yeah, they're in the process of building a visitor center. There's a building that was donated to them from one of the motels in Vegas. It had a welcome center that was done by a kind of a famous um, and historically famous uh, architect. And the, com- the company, when they closed the motel, actually paid to have the building the welcome center like sliced up and shipped over there and reassembled huh it's been there for a few years in the last couple of years when i tried to go they said that during that period it was going to be a hard hat period there was going to be construction going on so they've been talking about getting this building set up for years time but when we were out there they're like we expect by the spring of next year to actually have that welcome center open so if you come back you won't have to go through a chain link fence to get in (laughs) You'll be able to buy tickets here to get in, and we should be doing this more often since the, your guide will be able to, like, go Take into an air-conditioned room. And they're like, and we're hoping to to build up staffing and stuff at that point because right now their only physical location is an op is a working office that has no visitor or guest gotcha. entrance. But uh, really, really cool. Um, other than that, we did the stratosphere. We did the big well, shot. Mimi Bun had sent me pictures when you were there. Yeah, and and I thought that was so cool because I have seen it on TV before and yeah. thought, oh, I'd love to see that. But you've been to it though. I haven't. You you have too. I have the stratosphere. Yeah, we did. No, 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 no. You you changed subjects too quickly. I meant the neon. Oh, oh the, the neon museum. Museum. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's where 
I'd love to go. Yeah, definitely I'd love to it. see that. And across the street from the museum, they have a neon park, and they—I mean, they have—they're—they're they're building this all up to eventually be something, right? Um, and they said that the park won't open until the until the Welcome Center does, but it's complete. It's—it's—it's it's, it's a complete. It looks great, but it's just got a big gate with a lock on it. Gotcha. So I guess there, I, I guess the, the theory is there is that they don't want to open that to the public until they have a permanent facility across the street where they can watch and maintenance and sell shirts. Yeah, basically, because <laughs> the idea is that people could picnic in the park or whatever. It's but it but it looks like it's going to be really nice when it eventually gets completed. Cool. So you did the stratosphere. Did also. the stratosphere, and Mimi was a little bit apprehensive about doing the big shot. I tried to get her to buy a wristband. But finally talked her into doing, I'm like, we'll get a ticket for this one ride. I'm like, you got to do this one. It's not that scary. It's the world's tallest thrill ride, and once you've done it, you can say you've been on the world's tallest right. thrill ride. That's the one that's 118 stories up yep. and then goes up another 13. Uh, 108. Shoots. 108. 108 and then goes another 13. 13, yeah. Shoots you straight up in the air. Yep. Cool. And I'm like, the other, the, your other choices are the insanity, which I, I think that's the insanity that spins you, which is just nauseating. Yeah. I'm like, if you've got a fear of heights, it's probably exciting, but otherwise it's just, God, I'm going to vomit on somebody 100 stories down if this <laughs> thing doesn't stop. And that weird gondola one that pretends like, it, yeah, that doesn't really, it, it, again, if you have... you out over the edge of the building and makes you feel like you're going to slide right off. But... It, but it, it slows down fairly gradually. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty obvious. You're, I mean, again, if you had a real serious fear of heights, it would be terrifying. Yeah, I've been skydiving. <laughs> so we did it, and prior to going up, they have this new attraction that's a, a control, what they call a controlled freefall. Right. Basically, in the in the inside domed area of the stratosphere, there's a room. You go into it. They you you have this suit on. They hook you up to these cables, and basically. You've got one cable, and then you've got two guide cables that are there to keep you from smacking into the side of the building during wind, windy days. Yeah. And you drop, and it's basically a gravity fall, and it, except that it decelerates you when you get, like, down to the bottom. down, yeah. Right. So it starts, yeah, that's the idea. <laughs> and uh, Mimi Bun was like, there's no way you're doing that. You're not allowed to do it. It's 99 bucks, and... She's like, no, 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 you're not going to do it. Well, we got up there, and she's like, well, do you want to do it? <laughs> I, I got sick going out there. I was sick the day we flew out. I had diarrhea, and it was a horrible, horrible <laughs> flight. <laughs> nice. As a result, um, I lost my phone the day before this. Ugh. And she's like, I just wanted to, she's like, if you want to do it. She I'll, wanted to make you happy. Yeah, she's like, if you want to do it, I will I will pay for you to do it. And I'm like, no, I'm not going to let you do that. I, you know, blah, blah, blah. But she's like, no, you've, you've had a miserable time so far. I really want to do something nice for you, because I know this has been rough, and... That so, was nice. And I'm like, well, yeah. I still didn't like the idea. And I'm like, well, I just lost a $600 cell phone. You know, I, communication is going to be an issue. There may be other things that pop up while we're out here. I really don't want you to spend $100 because she was going to spend it in cash. I'm like, maybe maybe we'll think about it. And we'll try to make our way back out here before the end of the trip. And if we don't, then no big deal. And she's like, oh, you're trying to chicken out now. Blah, blah. And I'm like, no, 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 no. So finally, I'm like, okay, we'll do it. And we go down there, and um, they're like, you got to go downstairs. So we go downstairs and check, and the guy goes, do you have a reservation? <laughs> like, no. And he goes, well, normally it wouldn't be that big of a problem, but being that it's a holiday weekend, he's like, our our, our uh, earliest time that's not slot that's not available is at 3 o'clock. And at 4 o'clock, we had to have the car back to the, oh, yeah, the rental no. place. And this was at, like, 10 in the morning. So, And it was also starting to spit rain. So... This may be something I try to do next year because Photoshop World apparently forever will be on the West Coast in Vegas, even though it's going to be in D.C. for the East Coast next year, which I'm kind of excited about. But we went to a search show. We saw Call, which I've seen before, but uh, it was every bit as good as before. 
Cool. But it was one of the deals. I had a special deal from uh, MGM Mirage with our hotel stay. I got a buy a BOGO mm-hmm. on our ta- on the tickets for that, so we got good seats for that. Mimi Bun had never been, but she was a little concerned. She and I have slightly different tastes when it comes to music and some other things, and her her only experience with live entertainment has basically been concerts, uh-huh. not musicals, not plays really much, so she really didn't know what she was getting into in any capacity, but she loved it. Cool. Um, trying to think of other quick things. We did all the normal stuff. We went to see the, the lions. We saw the, the the cheesy animatronic show at Caesar's Palace. Uh-huh. We walked through all the hotels. We saw the volcano. We saw the pirates. Uh, Hooker, winch, you know, yeah. sirens show outside that they do. Um, uh, a whole bunch of stuff. Anyway, good time was had by all. But, I was just going to use those words, actually. <laughs> but we were ready to go probably about three days before we actually left, just because it's just... You know it is. It's it's, it's a lot. It it really really beats you up. You walking around that much in the heat, uh, you get dehydrated. You don't even realize it. Mm-hmm. Uh, gambled a little, had a little fun. Mimi Bun won a little money. I cool. lost a little bit of money, and I I pretty much came close to breaking even by the end of it. But she she won a little bit. She signed up for some of the players' clubs and got a little of the free play. Good. She came out ahead. I saw that little twinkle in her eye when yeah. she was winning, and I'm like, okay, now this would be a really great time <laughs> to quit because you just won with their money. Yeah. So that puts you ahead. I go. The whole idea of this program is, is that you'll keep going and lose all that. Right. And she's like, but, but. <laughs> and I'm like, well, she's like, no, right. but, but. Yeah. So uh, so it all worked out pretty well. But uh, I guess my last thing I'll, I'll say is uh, going back to New Orleans. Yes. Um, Mimi Ben was a little disappointed that she couldn't go with me when I went with uh, Widget World. Right. So uh, she had a birthday coming up. And I was trying, I was racking my brain trying to think of something to give her. But one of the things I kept saying about New Orleans is that it was a really crappy time of year for us to go because it was actually, it, to me, it was more humid there than it was here Ugh. and just as hot. Uh-huh. So uh, while the, while it's, it's you know, the French Quarter is beautiful, you know, there's lots of interesting things to see, it is miserable being outside yeah. in the middle of the day. And so we had talked about it, and she and I said, like, well, well maybe we'll plan for going back, like, in the fall or the spring or something. And she kind of did the, meh, assuming that I was just saying that, because she's like, the, you're not going to want to go back. So I right. thought, I'll, there you go. I'll, yeah. So um, I bought airline tickets. Cool. Uh, for her birthday, and we're going up in November. So nice. it'll be early November, so it's going to be cool. Highs of, like, li- high 60s, lows of, like, mid-40s. So it won't so be nice. freezing. Everything should still be going on. The art the art uh, sales and stuff that happen on the weekends and stuff will be there. So we'll be there for, like, four days, five days, five days, including the arrival and leaving date. Uh, so it should be cool. It'll be a real vacation. I don't have to work. We can, she wants to do one of the haunted tours, which I'm... But no, but it will, we'll go to the cemeteries and stuff, though, which is something that I've never done. Yeah. I could do without the, oh, and this place is supposedly haunted crap, Yeah, whatever. apparently you but can't avoid that with those stories and stuff, so she's pretty psyched about that, and so am I, kind of, because I've only been for Mardi Gras, and the, at that point, it's like the French Quarter. I mean, all it is is parades and drinking, basically, right. so it should be good. Cool. Anything else going on with no. you today? All right, no, well, we got to end it. Yeah, that's right, because not only did we go longer, but we're actually planning a trip to a place called Yomo, a very special place in our hearts and minds. For those of you that yogurt. don't know Yomo, it's Yogurt Mountain, yes. So, so, bunchofdorks.com. I'm Promi. I'm Man with No Name. Shabalaba. Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I'm looking at it, I don't see the. Oh, okay, there it is, the roar. All right.